0: This morning, let, let me just, hey, just put up that, we have been in this series talking about Boulder Valley DNA. Like what is it that makes, a, what is distinctly us, uniquely us, that different than other churches? And we love other churches. There's all kinds of great churches, but what's the kind of unique DNA of this church and what God's calling us to? And so you guys know we, we really stand on and champion this reality of we build authentic relationships with God and with one another. This is a relational church. And, and we're about building relationships and our connection with the Lord and our connection with one another. And how do we do that? Like how is that actually uh, experience? What, what do we push into? And me as a pastor and a shepherd, and someone who's saying, hey, this is what I want from you. This is what I want to call you to. Like, it's not just a slogan we put on the wall, but how do we live it out, and, and say in three main places that we can focus, that, that we connect with God. And, and Paul spoke last week about the ways that we can seek out and seek intimate connection with God. And that some of us say, oh yeah, I... I I got that dialed in. Others of us are saying, that is so new and maybe foreign to me. And how do I take those steps? But, but we seek out connection with God and then community with one another. That we've realized, like even through the fire, we say, man, the, the ways community can come around one another. And, and the, the ways that life needs to be lived together and support one another. But we also say, and faith is a team sport, that, that we are created to do life, but especially to do faith together. And so we have, you know, life groups and all these different things, but saying, who do you know? Do you have friends here? Do you like genuinely share real things with people in this community? And do you have people in your life that you share the real stuff with, especially centered around the Lord? And then the third one is that we say we, we are created to contribute. We live in a society that tells us we're defined and I, most identified by what we consume. So it's, it's the cool free shirts you wear, you know. It's uh, that we are so much more, so get this, and you need this, and to do this, and that we're so much defined by what we consume. We say, no, we're, we're actually created to contribute, and our identity is not in what we consume, but this morning I'm going to swing it a little bit because our our full identity is also not in what we contribute because I think there's actually a little bit of a a lie and we say, wow, we contribute. We're a great church because look at all the stuff we do and I love all the stuff we do but you can do a lot of great stuff and not be a great church. Okay? If you start working at 18 years old and you work 40 hours a week, I need math people here, um, 18 years old, you work 40 hours a week and you work until you're 67. How many hours of your life <laughs> it's those variables take, 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 take you know, three weeks vacation a gazillion a gazillion. A whole lot alright, a hundred thousand now if you take a little bit more vacation you're in the 90's you're, I did the calculations ahead of time yeah, you spend about a hundred thousand, ninety five thousand hours of your life working at work, contributing, doing something. Are, are, are we slaves to the man? I mean, is this just like the machine? Is this like, oh, and I say this right now, and even some of you guys are like, oh, tell me about it, man. Is this like, is this a good thing? Is this a healthy thing? Is this a meant-to-be thing? Was it? Look at, let's look, let's look. Let's go back to uh, Genesis chapter 1. And the first couple chapters of Genesis are like God creating the earth, God creating humanity as things intended to be. Genesis 1:28 and there's actually two accounts. Genesis 1 is one account of creation, and Genesis 2 is a different account of creation, like from different angles and with different focuses. But Genesis 1:28, you have the man and the woman, and it said, God bless them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Exercise like dominion over or some level of authority and and, and subdue it. And then you get this other angle in Genesis 2 verse 15. The Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it, to tend it, to care for it. Like in this beginning of creation and God says, listen, go and subdue it and have have authority over and work it and tend it and care for it. And, and, And Adam goes into the Garden of Eden and you have this picture of Adam and Eve in the garden and they go and they're like caring for and harvesting and getting the food from. And they are working the land and tending. You are created to contribute. You are created to do meaningful things. You are created for your work to be meaningful. But then Genesis chapter 3. And things go the way that God did not design. And you have what, what we call the fall of humanity, and it, it's the broken relationship with God, the schism. And things become normal that were never meant to be normal. Things are eschewed and, and bent. For the woman, God then addresses and says, hey, there's going to be some things that were not as I intended. And woman, there's some, some things for you. And man, there's some things for you. And, and, and woman, you are going to have pain in your childbirth. Delivering babies ain't easy. And also, a broken authority. Your husband's going to rule over you, and your desire for your husband, your desire's going to be for your husband, he's going to rule over you. And and then to the man, it it is going to be a lot of work, toil in your labor. That there's going to be thistles, and the ground's going to be hard. And the Garden of Eden isn't, where where everything was more, prolific and simple. It's going to be hard work. Your work, your 95,000 hours are going to have all kinds of struggle, all kinds of difficulty. And I wonder if the difficulty is not just physical, but also emotional and mental. I mean, how much of our life is affected by the stresses we encounter in work? And often, these stresses come because our identity is so deeply tied to our work. So all of a sudden, I I wonder, like if we had been able to go into the Garden of Eden, and Adam's like, working away. And we went up, and we said, hey, Adam. And he's like, hey, I got a question for you. Yeah? Who are you? I'm a gardener is not what he would have said. I'm gardening, maybe, or I'm tending, or I'm caring. But never would his identity have been tied to what he's doing. Who are you, Adam? Oh, man, I'm created by God. I, I walk with him. I know him. What are you doing right now? Well, I tend the garden. I care for and I provide. His identity was never would never have been attached to what he does. Our identity is so attached to what we do. And I wonder if the toil of labor isn't just a difficult ground to till. but, but, but the temptation and the stressors to attach ourselves and our identity to our work. And to the success or the failure of it. Yet, we are created to contribute. You see it go on. You read a few more chapters down in Genesis and you have the Tower of Babel. Where humanity has gone off and and continues to be bent. and says, hey, we can do this thing without God. Because we forget that we're created, and we think we're creators, and we have so much capacity for industry, and we get stuff done, that let's build a big old tower. And then we could like, reach heaven. And then we can, like be like God. We could be our own gods. Let's do it. And, and so they build their tower. And they congratulate themselves on what they can do. And we continue to do it over and over and over. We make ourselves like little gods, believing we are the creators, not, not the co-creators or not the contributors. And this not only involves our ability to make a life for ourselves, like to accomplish something and to do something, but we can believe we are our own saviors. Okay, I'm adding another level and another layer to this right now. It, it's not only just our physical, like what we can accomplish in life is who we are, but then also like we could... We are our own saviors. Like, we are good people. We can actually build authentic relationship with God just through our own efforts. We, it, it goes into it. It bleeds up. It bleeds into it. That we can redeem ourselves by being good enough. That we can contribute to our own salvation. That the way to being in right relationship with God, like it says on the door, and I stand up here and say, just be a really good person. Just try harder. And over and over in the Old Testament, I could go throughout the whole Old Testament, show over and over how the people are trying to save themselves. They can't do it. They cry out to God. God saves them. They forget about it and start talking about how great they are. Pattern over and over. I can't believe those people, right? (laughs) And the New Testament is clear. Our right standing with God is not of our works, Hear me here. Our right standing, our authentic, building authentic relationship with God, it's not because of our works that we did actually not contribute to it. And I know you're like, whoa, 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 Matt, Paul just stood up here and talked about like all the things we could do to connect with God. I'm going even deeper. I'm, I'm going to kind of at the source that we are created to contribute but do you know how much you contributed to your own salvation? If, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are Christ in your life, do you know how much you contributed to that? Nothing. I see a bunch of you guys shaking your heads. and You're not telling me no. I think you're saying nothing. Right? Nothing. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners... That while maybe the truest thing about us was the way we walked away from God and did not walk with Him, that Christ died for us. It says it really well in Ephesians 2. If you guys haven't memorized this one, it's a good one to memorize. Verses 8 and 9. It is by grace. That's, that's an unmerited, unearned, undeserved gift you do not earn it you receive it it is by grace you have been saved through faith well is that earning it? no it's just believing it it's actually like putting your hand out to receive it it's not earning it and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. Salvation cannot be earned, it can only be received. And the choice is to reject or to receive. And just that line, you guys, we are not, this is. This is different to how we so are used to operating. Something that can only be received, not earned. And when we try to earn it, we we taint it. How many ways do you try to earn it? Sometimes I would rather earn it because then I feel worthy of it, is the truth. So what do we do if we do receive it? How, how does this change us? So, so you're saying, God, you're saying that you actually desire me and have authentic relationship with me and I can't, I can't earn it, that you give it and I've got to learn to receive it not earn it and take it and and, and go out and perform for it. If we do receive, how does it change us? I mean, what is the new operating system that gets downloaded into our being and then into our way of contributing? Ephesians, we read 8 and 9. Let's read verse 10 of chapter 2 says, listen, we, we can't earn it. There's nothing you've done. You're saved by grace through faith, not of your work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his handiwork, that which has been made. I don't care how successful you are. You did not knit yourself together in the womb. You did not, you are not like, hold on a minute. I need to process this carbon dioxide into oxygen. Give me me a minute. We were created, and our breath is a gift. And as those created, though, we are made to do good works, to contribute, I had lunch with a friend this last week, and uh, and he, I'm gonna come down here again, and and it was a good lunch. And I'm talking with him, and he has recently done well, so he has success in his career. He's crushing it. And so, as a friend, I, I'm like, and as someone who cares um, about him, not just where he's at in his career, I say, hey, how, like, how are you doing? Like, and I just leaned in. I'm like, like, dude, are you getting arrogant? Like, are you getting really proud of yourself? You know, because when you're crushing it, it's easy to be, like, not just say, wow, to be affirmed, but like, I am, I am something special, man. And so I'm like wondering if he's getting like that or getting too much like that. And, uh, and I sit there for a minute and he thinks about it. And I'm waiting, because I didn't, you know, I didn't know. But he goes, he says, Matt, he said, I I am just so grateful. He he said, it is like there are things that happened throughout my life that I didn't choose. And I didn't know this would lead to that, that would lead to that. And, And he said, and I'm just here And for some reason, it's really connecting. And it might go away later. But right now, it's really connecting and helping a lot of people. And and I just feel grateful. And he didn't use the words, but he might as well have said, like, I feel like I'm God's handiwork. And he's put things together. And, And I trust him. And, and I sat with him and I was like, man, this it is so refreshing to, you know, to sit with someone who's like, chest isn't all puffed out and like, yeah, I have done a great job, huh? I am crushing it. And uh, instead be like this, like, I am just so grateful. I feel like I'm stewarding what God has given me. I feel like I'm created to contribute, but I'm his handiwork. And there's going to be successes, and there's going to be failures. And whichever place you're in, I'm in, and that we experience right now, there's going to be both. But I tell you what, the strength of character and the strength of just the attraction of someone who's not dependent and their identity isn't dependent on if they're crushing it or not. And it's tested when things are hard, but it's also tested when things are great. It's maybe even more so tested when things are going great. When we are living in right perspective, I mean, we experience how God laid down his life for us, and we say, man, that is the essence of God that He came to serve. We can serve one another. We're not trying to one-up one another. That that we see how God has opened up his life to us and we experience that. Like, oh God, you you even me? It makes us want to. Be hospitable to others and to everyone. And when we experience grace, an unmerited gift, right, like even me, then we could give it to those other undeserving people. we see God has created every person in His image. We can treat others with dignity. And it changes and affects how we work. You were created to contribute. And that work, that 95,000 hours, you know, the American way, the European, whatever. Like, that work. And some of us, I know I'm talking to light. You're like, Matt, I'm retired. You understand that, right? I get it. You're still created to contribute. There's a scripture. Let me read this scripture out of 1 Thessalonians. I love this scripture. I probably figure out a way to put it in a sermon like once a year. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11-12. Listen to what, what Paul speaks to the people in Thessalonica. And to make it your ambition, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business, work with your hands, just so we have told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so, you, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody, man. What's what's that verse speak to you? Where's that hit you? Because there's a lot of things actually in there. Your faithfulness to contribute to your own needs. and the needs of your family. I mean, it's seen as like this holy and godly endeavor. Thank you, Lord, for my ability to work and to provide for my family, for myself. There must have been something with the people in Thessalonians because, the Thessalonians because in the second book written to them, let me read you these scriptures. Paul, again, is having to address them about their area of work and what they're doing with work. He says this, for you yourselves know, this is chapter 3, verses 7 through 12, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Paul's saying, listen, follow our example. When it comes to work and hard working. we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we work night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. This, you see, this hard working. We're not going to just sit and suck off of other people's this and that and try and get all this, you know, generosity from everyone else. For even when we are with you, we gave you this rule. Listen to this one. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Those consequences probably are going to work. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They're not busy. They're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down, earn the food they eat. I mean even can it be this place of like we were created to contribute and Adam's in the garden and tending his own and there's actually something deeply holy and that God created us to, to, to be productive, to go out and, and to don't even just see it like what can we accomplish for our identity but just like a gratitude and being able to work hard that provides money that builds a home that puts heat on or AC on and food on the table and there's something like deeply Human and satisfying and may I even say holy if we are rightly placed and putting our identity in the right place and I don't think this church the, the most of y'all that I know y'all you don't struggle with being idle you, you're not very lazy I want to be riding. you guys sometimes I might say hey Slow it down a little. Or I have to remind you, your identity is not in what you produce, although we are created to contribute. Our identity is what gives us value. It's who we are in Christ, and we have not earned it. We cannot work for it. We can only receive it. And in this right identity, we are created to To contribute and to work. But our identity is not in what we contribute or what we consume. The gospel of God is different. You are not your successes. You are not your successes. You are not your failures. You are not the amount of your investments. You are not how much money you have. You are not how much money you don't have. You are not the size of of your house. You are not the car you drive. (laughs) (laughs) That was Paul Holmberg who said amen. He might need to jump after service too to get home, so... Your standing with God is not the amount of life groups you lead. Your standing with God is not the number of mission trips you've gone on. The amount of money that you've given to the church or to the crisis response fund or to the Marshall Fire, as good as those things are. Your standing with God is not the amount of Bible studies you do. The number of worship services you attend. But the struggle to separate all of that is real. Because I'm a pastor, and I struggle with it greatly. I mean, I find a sense of self-worthiness greatly affected by the outcomes of my work. If we do something at the church, and it goes, great... I feel successful. I feel like God's favors on me. I feel like I'm doing the right thing. If we do something at the church and it flops, and I feel like a failure. I wasn't a good leader. I didn't do what I should have done or I could have done more or I could have... And instead of learning from successes or learning from failures, I can be defined or find value or even get a sense of worth or unworthiness through the success or through the failure. Friends, we are created to contribute to offer something, to work, to produce. But it's not to earn right standing with God. It's actually because we are in right standing with God. Contribution is most truly experienced when it comes from our identity, from our rest with God. I don't need to produce to impress myself or prove something to myself or someone else. Lord, thank you for who I am in you. Thank you for the ways you're working. Thank you when I, you know, it even comes like Jesus at one point says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. When you go out and do something good, you're like, hey, let's, I'm going to give, I'm going to give $1,000 to the Marshall Fire. I'm going to give $10,000 to the Marshall Fire because, man, those people need help. God, you've given me some resources. Let me do this. Oh, and then you do it and you walk away. Man, I am pretty awesome that I did that. Like, don't even, like, it's a struggle. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing to separate and the tension of this. It will always be there. Okay, let me just tell you, it will always be there. But it can continue to get better. Lord, thank you for the ability to work. I mean, my friend's example. Thank you for success. Help us know how to handle success well. Lord, thank you for failure. Help us know how to fail well and not be totally undone and defeated by it, but to learn from it and learn in failure to trust God and rest in him and who he says we are in a new way. So where in your life has God given you a gift of contributing? Just think through the places in your life where you contribute, in your family. For some of us, that's like grandkids. Some of us, we're not married, and we're single. Like, well, it's my mom and dad, and I'm getting ready to maybe get married and have a family. What what are the responsibilities I'm going to have? Those are holy things. The gift of contributing in your finances, money. Our neighbors, where you live, people that live around you. In your church. I think even just a gift of contributing, uh, let me say it, just care of our world, creation care. It goes back to like, have authority over, exercise dominion over, tend and steward this earth that I've created. That's a holy thing. And as we seek to be a people having authentic relationship with God and one another, knowing that we're committed to community, we prioritize connection with God, we recognize we are created to contribute. And thank you guys. Like this is a morning we've like said all this stuff we've done. I, I, I don't, I'm not dismissing that. Like I'm I love it. That is us doing it. And let us check our motives and our posture. Say, God, keep keep growing us in a way in our identity in you, and that your work would be done through us. But we're not going to walk out of here saying, our church is awesome. We're so great. We walk out of here saying, isn't God awesome? Isn't he great? And getting to be generous through him and in him.